Game 19, RB Leipzig versus Manchester City on the 4th of October 2023, titled Grinding. No sooner home than out of the door for a little website commentary on RB Leipzig versus Manchester City, or Man City as I've always known them, as the prefix Manchester in my youth was always preferred to United. Why? You tell me. Pep Guardiola's side should dispose of the Bundesliga side in a fairly routine manner, shouldn't they? Two commentaries in a day is often a stretch, as I no doubt have mentioned before, so knowing how City play, their squad and their manager's abilities means really reflecting more on RB Leipzig. There was, in fairness, a little whinging from the lady in my life, and the two commentaries in one day and two tomorrow and one lined up for the weekend, and the ones before mean that I've done seven commentaries in five days. So after 39 years of marriage, she still wants to see me. Therein lies another of life's mysteries. Sound check done, notes in front of me, and then desk reconfiguration. Desk reconfiguration, you may think. Well, for today, for some unknown reason, and only for my brain, I cannot quite put the paperwork in the right place. And I move it several times, and it never seems to be in the right resting place for the said paperwork. Will I lean this way? Will I sit forward? If I sit back, relaxing, maybe I can see it without too much fuss. Well, all I can say is thank goodness it's nearly time to go live. Maybe, just maybe, I'm a little tired. Anyway, team sheets are in the right place for the commentary, and for Leipzig, I do this little home count. Yeah, here's another one. What is a little home count? Well, it started back in the late 70s, early 80s, when Liverpool reigned supreme. Players like Soonis, Daglish, Nickel, Lawrence and Hansen won everything before someone said, don't get carried away by saying English football is the best in Europe. Because in fairness, there were Scots, Irish, Welsh and all countries combining in this wonderful side. Which was absolutely true. It was great British football that was supreme. Then someone took the time to say that whilst it was a great British side, it was also four countries recognised by FIFA. Hence the homegrown count. Something I do for myself as a little comparison across the leagues, etc. Man City had Walker, Grealish, Lewis and Foden, all native to the English shores, whilst in comparison Leipzig only had three Germans in Blasic, Klosterman and Raum in their starting eleven. Why I even mention this, I don't know, but subliminally I seem to think more homegrown players means a better state of the national game. That, in time-honoured fashion, is absolute papsicle. That only sits in my head. Or if you think this is well, welcome to my world! Be warned, it's strange. Well, to the game itself, City are cool, well-drilled, fluid and dangerous, and after 25 minutes go a goal to the good when the youngster Rico Lewis combines with Bernardo Silva for Lewis to cut back for Foden to finish past Blasic for 1-0. But then it becomes a grind for City. They cannot find number two for the comfort they require, and it all becomes a little bitty, and Leipzig grow into a contest that they could easily have been out of before the break. Three minutes after the break and the Belgian Lois Appender equalises for Leipzig. Pep springs into action and Jack Grealish and Phil Foden are replaced by Alvarez and Doku. And finally City move up a gear to try and put this one to bed. Doku's direct running is nice to see. His performance is all about running with the ball towards the opponent's goal. Sounds straightforward really, no mystery there and it pays off on 84 minutes when he assists in the build-up to Alvarez's goal to put City 2-1 up before he himself pops one in an injury time for 3-1. Football being ultimately a statistic game, in black and white type, although other colours are available, it looks a simple City win. But everybody who witnessed knows different. Worrying signs anywhere? Maybe for the talented Jack Grealish. 
Why? Because in my eyes, Doku is different, and I mean totally different to Jack's style of play. He's more dynamic and more like the free-flowing Raheem Sterling of yesteryear at City. Mr Grealish is not around the outside with pace-wide attacker. Maybe signs of thing to come, who knows. But City ground this one out, and in a way, so did I. Game 20, Freiburg versus West Ham United on the 5th of October 2023. Titled Ebbing and Flowing. It is another double header for the man from La Mancha. I don't know what relevance that has, but it's a phrase that popped out. Early mentalist thoughts in this piece. I did have one game penciled in for today, but illness has affected a commentator for a later game, so I've stepped into the breach as I'll be in the studio anyway. I think you are already aware that I like to keep busy an idle mind, because it gives way to bizarre thought processes, and today's idle mind came after I stood looking into the mirror. I have a beard, but as is my want in life, it's not the beard I would like. Now I'm sure when I explain this beard envy of mine, those with beards I like will possibly envy my slightly poor effort of a beard. You see, I like a good, dark, close-cropped stubble beard with, I don't know, two to three millimetres depth of hair. But I like that to be sort of the George Michael full cheekbone type. The lack of hair on my bond seems at my age in life to have given way to the hairiest nostrils, ears and wait for it throat. Now, gravity may have a bearing on the lack of creepage of hair up my cheeks to fulfil my George Michael-esque shape. But I tend to think that with the hairy throatage I have, if I was 5 foot 8 and not 5 foot 10, my beard or hair seed would be perfect for the type of fullness of the beard I want. Anyway, more pressing was the thought of Freiburg versus West Ham, and not the everyday occurrence of a lack of a beard I want, but I will never fulfil. Life is a bitch. Maybe the malcontent in me is surfacing. The iron side for this trip is pretty strong. Maybe, though, for the absence of Antonio and old cat kicker Zuma. I'm an animal lover, so I won't forget it. Bowen will lead the line in one of those, can he do that role, or does he do that role just enough to pass? Anyway, good player, and flexible enough to undertake the role in the absence of Antonio or West Ham ever finding another younger version of Antonio. Sound check done, and a quick glance in the passing moments at the later game I will cover. Once on air, the classic cliched opening is done and football commences. The beauty of football or any live sporting event, you don't need too much prep as the event unfolds for you to describe. The game itself saw West Ham blast out of the blocks in Freiburg. Boeing crosses Paqueta heads in for 1-0 early in the piece which allows West Ham, as the away side, to counter-attack an opponent who now has to come at them and allow them to manage the game. But the game, through one reason or another, ebbs away from West Ham as Freiburg grow into it. The manager has to control it from his technical area. Just a side point here. Have you noticed the size of technical areas at some grounds? The majority don't really catch my eye, but for some international or European games, they're the size of a Sunday football pitch. I look from my lofty perch and think, geez, even in my prime I couldn't have sprinted across that. Now you have to be a box-to-box -box manager in those technical areas. Anyway, digression done. Back to the match. Inevitability happens and Freiburg work their way into the game and equalise after a Fabianski double save falls to the feet of Salai to equalise. Off to the changing rooms level and now it's about what Mr Moyes needs to do. Freiburg continue in the second half in the same vein and strangely West Ham don't really find an answer in a game they started so brightly in. Someone somehow needs to give them the proverbial ass kick. 
Well, it wasn't provided by the manager. Freiburg had a glorious chance and spurned it. Sildilia's header hit the crossbar and fell to Herfler, who blazed over when, yes, my grandmother could have popped it in. Was that the arse kick moment? Well, yes, it was. Changes were made, Suchek on, Benrama on, Emerson on. The game changed and flowed back the way of the irons. Mr. Set Piece himself, James Ward-Prowse lofted in a corner on 66 minutes and Naya for good headed home the winner. On the completion of the game, I thought how the game had ebbed and flowed. I was sunk in a world of my own thoughts of the match when I caught the reflection of my face and my disappointing effort of a beard back in the room. Game 21, Aberdeen versus Helsinki on the 5th of October 2023, titled Chalk and Cheese. Helsinki, Lassie Viren, equals cultural divide. It also means I'm old. Google him, great runner. Anyway, already in the studio and quickly off the back of a good entertaining Europa League clash between Freiburg and West Ham, it was time for Abad Abadingdong to play HJK Helsinki at Pitodri. So Alex Ferguson forged his name with Aberdeen in the 80s with players like McGee, Strachan and Rufy, and the man who everyone knows with the black hair with a slight waving and a moustache but cannot actually recall his name. Him. I'm not too sure what to expect, but I was buoyed by the earlier game. Chalk, some would say, means cheese. These two games were polar opposites. A spectacle happened, a football match took place, but in terms of quality, it was a little on the low side. Aberdeen created some, well, not half chances, more like slight chances. It was a tough watch and commentary. Maybe some of my flair with words have been used up, but I found it difficult to get enthused about the match. This is where your mind, well, it doesn't wander from the job in hand, but more like the bar had been set moments earlier by the initial game, a medley ahead is putting one game against each other, and it doesn't take me to be Einstein to realise that this one is not so appetising. And so I lose a little fervour for the game. I'm now aware of this internal scenario and look to motivate myself. I try a few tonal raises to see if I can reproduce some interest in what has become a war of attrition for both sides. The tense pre-match scenario for both sides being played out on the park. No one wants to lose this one, and to lose we're not even playing. I'm here all week. <laughs> A clash of heads, bucket loads of claret and lengthy stoppage. Thankfully, both players are okay, although one does leave the pitch for stitches in a nasty gash. Leave it. Helsinki lead, though Mioski levels for Aberdeen, and the game peters out into a draw. I'm a little disappointed with myself. Should I be able to do two commentaries in quick succession? Well, the answer's yes. Is it tough? Yes is the answer. But I suppose the secondary match needs to be the better one. We are in a world where even the smallest of things can now be measured against each other. Does my lasagna look as good as somebody else's on social media? Does my life measure up to others, etc, etc, etc? That is the primary course for the malcontents constantly looking at others and measuring themselves and wanting what others have. Is life a competition? A constant strive for the next level? Ah, just me then. You know I can be hard and today's double headers see me give an 8 and 4 to a 6. Pride and professionalism are hard taskmasters, and all I can hear in those myriad of voices in my head is Alan Hansen saying, Awful. Players must ask themselves, did I give everything today after a win, loss or draw? Commentators actually do the same. The West Ham game was the cheese and the chalk was Aberdeen game. 
I pack my things away a little angry at myself and again I get a glimpse of my reflection in the window in the studio. This time it's not the pathetic beard scenario I carry so heavily that haunts me. The light and shadows show my large nose and ears. And for a brief moment, I remember that those two things are the only two things that continue to grow when you get older. But I actually smirk, as I've always had a large nose and ears, so it won't be too long before I look like an Indian elephant. Game 22, Fulham versus Sheffield United on the 7th of October 2023, titled The Worst. Another Saturday and another trip to London. I decide once again to head into Oxford to head out again, due to the busyness of the train when it returns to Parkway. I wander out onto the Oxford-bound side and some old friends are sat waiting for the next train to go to London. The husband and wife look over and say, Where are you going? And I say, London. Cue the smiles between them and the obvious retort of, No, you're on the wrong side. I smile back and say, no, I'm on the right side for a seat. No, 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 they say, that side goes to Oxford. I replied, yes, I know. Now there's a look of puzzlement on their faces. Well, we're heading to London for a show and this platform goes to London. So I tell them nicely that Oxford to Paddington is not running due to ongoing engineering works and that the only route presently to London is Parkway to Marnebone. So people who use Oxford to go to London have only one option this weekend. And the next train through Parkway to Oxford will then be the next train from Oxford to Marleybone. And it's only three carriages in length. So if you get on it, my side, head seven minutes into Oxford, don't get off, watch the driver walk from one end of the train to the other, you'll have a seat to London. Platform two now clears like a five furlong sprint to get up and over the bridge onto platform one. Trains in, I'm on. Sometimes being smug is nice. Normal route, a quick walk from Marleybone to Baker Street Tube because I need a wee and a coffee. At London Bridge for some fruit from Marks and Spencers and another latte. All right, I know, a little extravagant, but three pints of coffee surely isn't as bad as three pints of beer. As ever, I chat on my way into the studio to everyone and find my booth before final preparations are done ahead of the recording of the pre-match team news. Now, I have told you about match envy of commentators, but today's offering is a little on the I'm going to have to earn my corn sort of game. Fulham versus Sheffield United. Fulham decent but can't score versus Sheffield, who so far look as though their stint in the Premier League has come a little ahead of schedule. Maybe not quite ready for it. But as my older brother says, and I agree, in football, as in many sports, you have to take the opportunities when they are presented. But in terms of my mindset ahead of this one, I am not looking at a match that will remain in the memory banks for too long. But how wrong could I have been? This game, sadly, for all the wrong reasons, will remain. Four goals and a victory at home for the first time this season for Marco Silva's side. But a nasty injury to Chris Basham happened in an innocuous incident that saw his leg collapse under him. I saw it happen so vividly it shook me up, and then the real professional in me took over. When incidents like this happen, description has to be accurate but not graphic, i.e. a nasty incident has happened to Chris Basham and it looks as though we'll have a lengthy stoppage for treatment, as opposed to saying exactly what you've witnessed. There is a duty for people who are connected with the player who could be listening, not to say how actually in this case horrific the image was. I passed back to the main game and continued to watch until the injury had been stabilised and Chris headed off to hospital. 
My heart sank doubly, maybe trebly in this case. One for a seasoned pro who is now injured and the long road back, if indeed he can overcome this injury at his age. Two, because some years prior I was in Afghanistan doing some radio work when over the Camp Bastion Tunnel you heard the announcement of Ops Minimize. The camp always fell deathly silent on that announcement because it meant there was actually a casualty coming in and all methods of communication were cut off for family reasons. And thirdly, and now incredibly churlishly, with this season's extra minutes being added to cover wasted time, getting home and trains could be an issue. Yep, I agree, I'm a little selfish when some guy faces some tough days ahead. I was a civilian in Afghanistan and I can tell you it's hard to actually describe the ops minimise effect on the camper myself. You had no idea of the severity of the casualty, but it was like being hit on the head hard with the hammer of brutal realisation and futility of war. War, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Say it again. Maybe one chapter I will digress a little more on my Afghanistan trip. Tom, the executive producer, praised me for my correct actions and of course I had to explain what exactly did happen as he didn't see the incident and correctly of course it will not be replayed. We ended the day knowing Chris was sat up in bed with a traditional thumbs up picture on social media and I sincerely hope he returns to his day job. The train was packed on the way home as I updated my news papa with the scores and scorers. I caught my wife and she asked the big question. Do you want me to put some veg on for your tea? Normality resumes, for some.